The LA Clippers are underway in the Summer League, and after a loss to the Utah Jazz, what could we take away from Musa Diabate, Jason Preston, and the others? How about the new guys, Kobe Brown, Jordan Miller? Going to be talking about all that on today's Locked On Summer League Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the Clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darren Viziri, born and raised in L.A. and going into my 19th season as a Clipper fan in the fall. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more L.A. Clipper, L.A. sports and NBA history and NBA content. And Locked on Clippers is free and available on all your favorite podcast platforms, including YouTube, where I want you to tell me what you thought of our first summer league game against the Utah Jazz in Vegas, the Thomas and Mack Center, home of the UNLV running Rebels. But the Clippers lose it 99-105, to and as every summer league game is, I don't think that the result is the biggest thing. It's more about what you're seeing from the players that have a chance to being on your roster. Obviously, winning helps, and you... You know, it always looks better when players are helping win the game because that's the objective. But what I'm really looking for is skill set stuff and stuff that I think will translate uh, to the NBA for certain guys. And in this episode, I'm going with the three guys I've highlighted in this one for us. Jason Preston, Musa Diabate, and Xavier Moon. So let's start out with Jason Preston. So as far as the game went, the Clippers were down for the majority of it. Um, and just the Jazz kind of pulled away at the end. Keontae George was the 16th pick in the draft. I thought he was really impressive from Utah. He was hitting threes, getting up really high around the rim, and just looked very confident out there. Really solid size for a guard. He had 33 points and 10 assists on 12 for 24 shooting. So just to let you know what kind of game Keontae George had, he was the best player on the court in this one. But the Clippers hung around. They were down for the majority of the game. Then they made a late push. But let's talk about Jason Preston. Sorry, I still have the stats. If you see me looking down on the YouTube version, I still have the stats on my phone instead of the computer because my computer is still just breathing as if they ran a, a triathlon or something. So... I'm going to get that fixed over with my boys that are in the comment section. Shout out to them on the YouTube channel. Going to get that fixed soon. But let's talk about Jason Preston, right? I said I want to say in the Cavs game this season on the pod that I think Jason Preston is an NBA player. He showed me in some of the games where, yeah, we were basically punting, as they say. And everyone knows how much I hate saying that in the NBA, where you basically rest everyone and say, I'm okay with losing tonight. And Jason Preston started at point guard in some of those games. And even though we got smashed because we're playing against teams that are not punting, Jason Preston still showed me some things. Showed me enough for me to say on this on the show that he is an NBA player. And after watching him again in the summer league in this one, I still believe he is an NBA player. Now, of course, Jason Preston 
was on our team in 2021-22, but he was injured the entire year. So last year was really his rookie season. So technically, he's going into his second season, kind of like how Blake Griffin was for us when he missed the first year. But Jason Preston, he's a very, very good passer. In my opinion, the second best on this team. Better than Kawhi, better than Paul George, and even better than Bones Highland. And I'll tell you why. As someone who grew up playing that kind of game, pass first, sometimes even not looking to score enough, which is exactly what Jason Preston is to me, and that's his next step in the game is to look to score more. As I'll, I'll explain what I mean by that in a sec, but just off the, the passing thing, right? He has great court vision. He's always looking up. There's a lot of times, even with Kawhi and Paul George, where sometimes they miss the open man. Now, they're improved passers over the courses of their career, but they're still wing scorer first guys. You know, that's their best thing. And we, I don't even need to talk about Paul George's passing because as solid of a passer as he is, we all know that sometimes he has passes that he has no business throwing and they're at the worst times and just very unintelligent for a player of his caliber and skill. Kawhi Leonard, I'd say he's a more safe passer, and he's a good one, but, you know, there's a lot of times where he's not seeing certain guys as well to the level of, like, you know, the great passers in the league, or should I say true point guards. The one advantage you can give Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are they can see over the top, and they have that gravity as great scorers. The attention that they garner opens things up, and they create more opportunities for other guys, but it's just the skill of passing the ball, the weight you're putting on your passes, the speed of your passes. If they're in the pocket, you know, just looking for open guys, Jason Preston clearly has that I'm a point guard about him. You can see it in his game, the whip on his passes, the speed. There was one cross-court skip pass he threw with his right one hand in the second half uh, in this game that just really put a smile on my face. Mark Jones and Doris Burke on commentary were marveling at it. I think it was Jordan Miller that made the three, but I could be wrong. But you saw it on full display in this game, and it's emphasized in the stat sheet with a double-double. 15 points, 4 rebounds, and 10 assists. I mean, the thing about Preston is He's got this big build. You know, he's a 6'4", stocky guard, kind of in like a Baron Davis mold. But what he doesn't have like a Baron Davis is that elevation. And that's the thing is when he gets around the basket, he doesn't really look to go into the body and, and go up because he doesn't really get off the ground much. At least that's, what I, that's the reason I think he doesn't. But I will say when he does get in the paint, he has that really solid in-between game. His floaters are fantastic, and you saw a lot of that in his college game at Ohio. But going both ways, sometimes he can stop on a dime, whether it's off two feet or kind of on the run with one foot. He seems like he has that in-between game and that floater in his arsenal, and that's really important in the pick and roll because when teams are in drop coverage, you are getting that shot. Now, in terms of his jump shot, Mid-range, I didn't really see many attempts there. I, he elected for the floater, and when the floater's there, by all means, he should take that. That's his bread and butter. Obviously, you want to have everything in your game. Jason Preston from three ball was two for six, but I know he can shoot the ball. How well, how great of a shooter is he? is he from three? I can't really tell you because we don't have enough of a sample size. But what I really like about Preston is that his basketball IQ is just that of a, we talk about the traditional point guard kind of being phased out of the league because it's all about, you know, leveraging how great of a scorer you are with opening it up for others and passing. But Jason Preston, he's a true point guard that looks to move the ball when he comes off the court. He doesn't look to attack in the pick and roll when he comes off the court. He looks to move the ball. And funny enough, I'm saying that as he probably led the team in this game in pick and roll ball handling, like most pick and rolls with the ball in their hands. 
but that was obvious. He's the only actual player on the roster that's on, actually, no, Musa as well, that weren't on two ways. I forget, honestly, it's been a couple of months now. I forget who was on two ways this year and that year, whatever. But I know they spent time in the G League. And you know what? Why don't I look at their G League stats real quick? I kind of want to see them because I'm going to go into uh, Musa Diabate in just a second. But Jason Preston, I really liked what I saw from his passing, as I've said. He, to me, is the second best player second best passer on the Clippers. I mean, 15 points too. It's not like he didn't score. I thought my one my one thing with him was a couple of times he was turning the corner and he looked like he could get a shot off and he just wasn't being aggressive enough. He wasn't really looking at the basket. And that's one thing that as a pass first guy, and I had a huge, I wouldn't say I had a huge problem with this growing up playing, but it was a little issue for me. And that was driving with the intention to score, which will open up the passes that you want to make, but you have to be with the intent to score. You can't go in looking to drive because eventually they'll realize you don't want to score like that. So we're going to sit on the shooters and all your teammates and we're going to make you go one-on-one. And when you get the step, you got to finish the play. You can't just get the step and then you get, you can rely on somebody helping. You have to get the step and show that you can finish through contact or maybe use a counter or pull up or something of that nature. You got to show off a little bit of that 1v1 game and or downhill or scoring game because it's not necessarily always 1v1 it's in the pick and roll as well but that's the next step for Preston do I think Jason Preston's gonna get minutes this year nah because of Bones Highland and the win now mode um but I really do think Jason Preston is an NBA player whether it's for the Clippers or someone else I hope it's for the Clippers that remains to be seen I'm hoping that Jason Preston is a, is a relevant piece during the Intuit Dome era but I liked what I saw in this game from him 15 points 10 assists, 4 rebounds. He also did a good job rebounding. And his defense, I thought on ball, really solid at the point of attack. Had a steal and a block at the end of the third quarter, which gave us a little bit of momentum going into the fourth. But off ball, he got lost a couple of times. And I remember there was one time he was late getting over a screen against Johnny Juzang, former UCLA Bruin Johnny Juzang. And also former Pepperdine Wave, Colby Ross on the jazz team. So pretty cool to see them in action as well as an LA guy, but Jason Preston, second best passer on the Clippers. That's my takeaway after this one. And coming up, going to be talking about Musa Diabate, a guy, a lot of Clipper fans wanted to see more of going to be talking about that coming up. Let me tell you a little something about Ibotta. Picking up burgers and hot dogs for a summer barbecue? You know you're already doing it, so why not get cash back for it with Ibotta? It's officially summer, and a new season means new clothes. But your closet shouldn't be the only thing growing when you make those purchases. Now, you can also watch your cash back grow with each purchase with Ibotta. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you are purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, or you could use your cash back to buy that flight you've been eyeing, that game you're dying to go to to see the Clippers, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. And if you're a Clipper fan, that's like four games with a decent seat, to be honest with you. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free 
iBotta app and use code LOCKED. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Player App Store and use code LOCKED. Thanks for making Locked on Clippers your first listen every day. Every dayers, tomorrow on the show, we will be talking about the second Clipper Summer League game because we got the Sacramento Kings on Monday night. So let me know what you think of that. But let's talk about Musa Diabate. So Musa's a guy who we saw get some minutes last year. He was very impressive in the preseason for the Clippers last season. And I was thinking, is he going to be the backup big? There was that whole conversation that we didn't have a backup big. It's going to be between Moses Brown and Musa Diabate. And Musa was on a two-way contract, so he played a lot of time with Agua Caliente. And we used Moses Brown in the beginning of the season. He was just a full member of the team. And then eventually, you know, we didn't – I think, well, we waived him. We waived Moses Brown. And then Musa Diabate came into the fray and played a couple of games himself for the Clippers. But let's see. Last season for the Clips, he played 22 games, and in those games – He averaged three points a game on 51% shooting. But on the Agua Caliente Clippers, I got the stats up now, 16 and 12 for Musa. 16 and 12. Jason Preston averaged 17 and 7. So there we go. We got the stats for them up. Jason Preston played 21 games for Agua Caliente in the G League and averaged, yeah, on 49% shooting. So not bad either. We'll take that all day. 17 points, 7 assists, and 5 rebounds as well. 17, 7, and 5 on 49% shooting is pretty damn good. And then Musa, 16 and 12 to go along with 2 steals and a block on 54% shooting. 56% from the foul line, though, so I'm going to keep an eye on. But actually, no, Moses Brown played 4 games for Agua Caliente as well. He may have been on a 2-way contract, too. As I said, I'm so sorry, guys, I forget. Um, who was on the two-way and who was not. I know Musa was on the two-way, and they started using him later after Moses Brown was off the roster. But a couple things about Musa. So he wasn't very good in terms of playing the five defensively for us last season because even though he has great defensive activity and versatility and his lateral movement for a big is just fantastic. Remember, he is still like 6'9", 6'10". He's not insanely massive. But he's got a really long wingspan, right? And he's 6'10". But he's only 210, right? Listed at that, at least his rookie weight. I, I assume he's probably gotten in the weight room and maybe put on a couple of more pounds. But 210 at the center in the NBA, there are some wings that weigh more than you. So he wasn't really able to protect the rim because he was getting bodied. I remember the game against the Jazz vividly. Um, they were getting whatever they wanted at the basket with him. And he was showing good verticality, but they were all scoring. They were all scoring. And of course, you know, he's still very raw, you know, undisciplined defensively at that level, even though. He's got great natural talent defensively. He still has that, you know, he's only played, what, 22 games? So, like, he needs to build that discipline and build those reps. There's nothing better than experience. The best teacher is experience. So he needs to play. Now, granted, I don't know if he can play the backup five for a championship contending team at this stage of his career. A lot of other Clipper fans have suggested, what about the four? And here's my problem with that. And you saw it in this game in the Summer League. Musa Diabate... He doesn't have very good touch around the basket. 
he scores on those putbacks and he's right under the rim and got spoon fed and he'll finish there, be in the right place at the right time. And that's important as well. But he is not a guy that I've seen that you can throw it down to in the post and get a bucket. A couple of times we tried to post him up and credit to him. He was trying to post up. He was trying to seal. The players didn't always feed him the ball, but that's because when he gets the ball, he doesn't look very convincing. His footwork is pretty decent, but his touch around the rim is jump hooks. I mean, they just don't go in. Like he shot, he had 11 points and 12 rebounds in this game. He was five for 10, but a lot of those shots were in the paint. Almost all of them were in the paint. So I think he could have been even higher. It's still, I'm not going to complain with 50%, but also one for four from the foul line. So again, his touch, his shooting, if you have someone that can't even shoot a foul line jump shot, I don't think he can really, you want to, if you want to prioritize your offense, you're not playing him at the four in today's game. The only non-shooter should be the center if they want to space it out the way other teams do. Because Musa right now, he's, I love this defense in this game. I mean, you know what you're getting, especially at the summer league. I mean, he's going to move his feet. He's able to switch onto basically everybody, and he is a, a decent presence at the rim. I mean, and he rebounds very well. That's one thing I won't take away from him at all. He rebounds, and he's fantastic on the offensive glass. He's super active, and he has a really good second and third jump. Um, six offensive rebounds out of his 12 rebounds in this one, so that tells you that, how active he was on the offensive glass. And then one steal and two blocks. As well, so the activity defensively is shown in the box score. So I liked what I saw from Musa. Again, same thing with Jason Preston. Do I think they're going to get minutes in the rotation this year? No, especially with us re-signing Mason Plumley and having a surplus of forwards right now with Rocco Morris, KJ Martin, and Batum, and we have to obviously make a consolidation trade. Who knows if somebody could be coming in in a consolidation trade? And then we also have Amir Coffee, who I haven't even mentioned. So. We have a lot of big forwards. I think the only way Musa plays is if Mason Plumlee or Zubats gets hurt. We need an extra big out there. But that could easily happen as well. So these are great reps, and I'm really happy to see him play. He clearly has talent, and he's somebody I want to also, just like Jason Preston, hopefully be involved in the Intuit Dome era. But one thing I also want to say about Preston before we move on, he was the only Clipper player that was in the starting lineup, only one of two in the game that were positive in the plus-minus. Now, again, plus single game plus-minus is kind of a bogus stat, but it does support the eye test that Jason Preston, when he was on the court, good things were happening. The Clippers won his minutes, his 29 minutes, by five points. But Musa Diabate, a double-double, 11 points, 12 rebounds, great activity, still lacking that touch offensively, but defensively, a lot of potential there. But coming up, going to be talking about what happened at the end of the game, including a certain Xavier Moon Grady. All right, so... The end of this game was particularly interesting, and Xavier Moon, who we've seen a little bit of play for the Clippers, particularly in the 2021-22 season, the game that stands out is when we beat the Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn with like virtually nobody, and Xavier Moon was getting hot in that one, and the thing about Xavier Moon is he's just very undersized. He looks really small out there on TV, and even in person as well when I've gone to the games, but the thing about him is, and he's also 28 years old. He's listed at 6'2", but, I mean, I have no idea about that, man. I'm not going to lie. He looks much smaller in person. If he's really 6'2", more power to him. But the thing about him is he's a good player. He's a very solid player. He can shoot the ball. He gets really solid elevation on his jumper. 
he's fearless going to the rim. When he's out there, he goes right into the body of bigs and like really tries to take contact well. And I think he's a pretty aggressive on-ball defender as well. And I also think his basketball IQ is pretty high. But well, the one thing I'll also say about him is that he seems to always produce when he's on the court for the Clippers, whether it be in the NBA or in the G League or in the Summer League. And in this game, it was no different, but it took a while for him to get going. He actually was very quiet in the first half. And then in the second half, particularly in the fourth quarter, he started just draining every single three. And in the last minute, it felt like three threes he made. I mean, it was ridiculous. He was getting us to play the foul game. He had really narrowed it down that much. So that's why I listed him as Xavier Moon Grady because of the 04-05 season's incredible Tracy McGrady 13 points in 39 seconds thing. or I think it was 13 points in 39 seconds. Unbelievable. Xavier Moon ended up being our leading scorer after being quiet for the majority of the game. But yeah, the final stat line for Xavier Moon, 26 points. He led the Clippers in points in this one. Four rebounds, two assists, and two steals on 10 for 14 shooting. And listen to this one, six for eight from three. That's pretty impressive. So Xavier Moon, I have no doubt in my mind that he's going to be involved with Agua Caliente or maybe get something better. But a couple of other guys on the Clippers bench that came in and gave some solid minutes were Bryson Williams and Matt Morgan, who are professional players in France. Um, Don't see any future with them on the Clippers or anything like that, but really solid contributions. Williams was athletic, and Matt Morgan was 4 for 4 from inside the arc. Also hit a couple of threes, was just active. But let's talk about the rookies, the incoming rookies, Jason, I'm sorry, Jordan Miller and Kobe Brown. Kobe Brown, I thought he got off to a kind of a rough start offensively. He was looking to post up, and he wasn't really getting much. I don't even want to say separation, but he wasn't really bullying anybody. He wasn't really getting good post position, and he was getting forced into some tough shots and didn't make uh, his three. He was one for four from three in the game, so his jumper didn't look that great either. But defensively, I was pretty impressed with him because of how strong he was. And he also had two or three times where he just moved his feet really well one-on-one. And that's the thing. The two things I'm looking for with Kobe Brown are can he shoot the ball from the outside and can he defend? Because that's what the Clippers are going to need around Kawhi, Paul, and Russ. So in the first half, I think there's also, you got to understand, this is nerves, jitters. Like this this is the summer league. You're playing in front of a new set of eyes, the NBA fans. I mean, it's a little bit of pressure. And I think it took some time for Kobe Brown to settle in, but in the second half, he was able to get deeper post position, able to get to the line, able to score a couple of times. And one thing I noticed about him on defense as well is how strong he is. You know, guys trying to go into his chest, and they're the ones getting bumped back. I mean, the guy is a tank. He finished with 11 points and 9 rebounds. Never bad seeing 9 rebounds. Um, 4 for 11 from the field, 1 for 4 from 3, 2 for 5 from the line. So did not like what I saw from the shooting. But I like the bully ball aspect. Again, I don't think Kobe Brown's going to be getting minutes this year for the Clippers. I think he'll spend a lot of time with Agua Caliente. But it's great to see him play. And you never know. You just never know, especially with the injury history of the Clippers. But then there was Jordan Miller, who obviously was our pick, second-round pick out of Miami. 12 points, 4 rebounds, and 4 assists for him. I, I said he reminded me of Amir Coffey when I watched his highlights. In the after the episode that we drafted him. And watching him play, I am even more doubling down on that take. Even more so doubling down. 
He reminds me so much of Amir Coffey because it doesn't seem like he can create his own shot, but he's a good athlete, good attacking closeouts, lefty with long arms. He looks really tall on the screen and a pretty solid finisher. He had some moments where he missed around the rim in this one, had some where he made. Um, I think he also heated up a little more towards the end of the game. His jumper didn't look too great, but as I said, it seemed like he improved as the game went on, got more comfortable, and his defense looked pretty solid to me. So I'm going to keep my eye on him. Jordan Miller, uh, do I think he'll get minutes to the Clippers this year? No, I think he's going to be a poor man's version of Amir Coffee. But again, probably minutes for Agua Caliente. And he finished with a stat line of 12 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists on 5 for 10 shooting and 2 for 4 from 3. So it felt like he was missing threes a lot because he was 1 for 4 at one point of the game. But the fact that he made his last one, finished shooting 50% from deep. So he'll take that all day long. Um, again, I liked his athleticism, his defense clearly can get up up and down the floor. And that's one thing about these summer league games is is a, it's just a bunch of young athletes out there. They're not the most refined, not the most high IQ per se, but there's a lot of talent, a lot of raw athleticism, and a lot of guys trying because they all want a spot. So that's the beauty of it as well. You're seeing high effort basketball. That's it for this episode, though, guys. Let me know what you thought of the game. And, of course, we'll be back Tuesday to talk about the game against the Kings, our second summer league game. Let's keep an eye on these guys. Jason Preston, Musa Diabate, Xavier Moon, Grady, and then, of course, Kobe Brown, Jordan Miller. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DimeDropperPod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more L.A. Clipper, L.A. Sports, NBA, and NBA history content. And, of course, Locked On Clippers is free and available on all your favorite podcast platforms. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and hit the notification bell so you know every single time we post a video. The age-old proverb continues. Go Clippers!